Heavenly Father, we pray that the love you have for, uh, for Jesus would be in us. And we pray that Jesus himself would be in us by his spirit. Amen. Well, there's no doubt that the last few years since the referendum have exposed deep divisions in our society and our nation. The election campaign of the last few weeks has increased those divisions rather than healing them. On Friday, the election result came through a majority Conservative government. And yet, most of the constituencies around here won by Labour, Vauxhall, Battersea, Streatham. And the question today for us is how should you and I respond to this as Christians? In the face of all this division, should we be despondent? Should we be downbeat? I don't think so. I think and believe that we can be hopeful. We can be hopeful, certainly not because one particular party has won and other parties have lost. No, we can be hopeful as Christians because we can display a unity that is in marked contrast to all the divisions in the world and in the country that we live in. Let me start by giving you an example of this unity uh, from a couple of weeks ago here at HTC. Uh, If you were here two weeks ago, we were finishing our sermon series uh, on the book of James. And you'll remember that that Sunday, as well as taking communion, uh, there was an opportunity to be prayed for and anointed with oil as that was what took place in the Bible passage that we were looking at at the end of the book of James. It was an anointing particularly for those of us who felt we'd been spiritually wandering, we've been double-minded, the theme of the book of James, we've been spiritually sick, and we desired to come back to single-minded devotion to God. And so we had that opportunity at the 9.30 service, this service, at the 11, and at the 6. And at the 11 o'clock service that day, it just happened that there was a moment when two people interacted. One, the person being anointed, and the other, the anointer, the person praying a short prayer for the first one. One was black, the other was white. One was male, the other was female. One was a Labour supporter, the other was a Conservative supporter. In fact, more than that, one was a Labour MP. They were a Member of Parliament, a Labour Member of Parliament. And the other was Boris Johnson's advisor for faith and religious communities. There they were, the two of them, so different, so divided in so many ways. And yet there the two of them were together, both as members of Holy Trinity Clapham, together as brother and sister in Christ, totally united in that act of prayer and anointing. Just visualize that for a moment. It is a picture so powerfully, so radically different from anything that we saw anywhere in the media during the election campaign. And it is a picture that makes me want to cry with joy. And it happened here at Holy Trinity Clapham. And that is what Jesus Christ can do. He can bring unity in the midst of such differences. Now, just imagine for a moment that it is not these two political individuals who are part of our church family, 
but it is you who is being prayed for here at Holy Trinity Clapham. Maybe you come to the front of the church, maybe you close your eyes, maybe you feel a hand on your shoulder, and you open your eyes and look up to see who is praying for you. And you look up and you see that the person who is praying for you is none other than Jesus. Jesus himself is praying for you. That would be quite something, wouldn't it? Jesus is praying for you. And the question is, what would Jesus Christ pray for you? What would Jesus say in his prayer for you as he is praying for you? It's something to wonder. I wonder what you think. What would Jesus pray for you if he was there literally praying for you? Well, you know, we don't need to wonder because the answer is our reading today from John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, it's the night before Jesus goes to the cross and Jesus is praying. First of all, in the first five verses of the chapter, he prays for himself. Then from chapter verse 6 to verse 19, in chapter 17, he prays for his first disciples, the 12 disciples. And then, well, look at who he prays for then. Verse 20. Have a look at verse 20. It's going to come up on the screen. Uh, it'll be the third slide on the screen. Uh, it's going to come There we go. Verse 20, he says this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. That's the first disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. And that's us. Those who believe in Jesus through the disciples' message. Jesus here, in these verses that we're looking at this morning, he is praying for you and for me. And what does Jesus pray for you? Well, it's pretty clear because he prays it three times in this short prayer. He prays for Christian unity. For Christian unity. Look at it, verse 20. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Again, in verse 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Again, in verse 23. So that they may be brought to complete unity. And so this morning, I'd love us to look at first what is this Christian unity that Jesus speaks of? And then second, why is this Christian unity so important? So first of all, what is it? What is this Christian unity? Well, Christian unity, it is founded on belief in the real Jesus. Just look at verse 20 again. Jesus says, I pray also for those who will believe in me. Christian unity, it starts with belief in Jesus. And it's not any old view of Jesus but the Jesus as communicated by those first 12 disciples, the Jesus that we have recorded here in the Bible. Just look at how verse 20 continues. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their, that's the first disciples, through their message, that all of them may be one. So it is belief in Jesus as revealed in Scripture by the first disciples, not a Jesus who's just a good teacher, not a Jesus who never said anything outrageous. No, the real Jesus, the one who is God, come down to earth that we worship and we celebrate this Christmas. And this Christian unity, it is made possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. Look at how Jesus' prayer, how it continues in verse 22. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. I in them, says Jesus. That is Jesus in us. Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus living in us. And of course, the major role of the Holy Spirit is to point you and I to Jesus, to draw us to Jesus. 
Now let's apply this idea of Christian unity to us right now. As many of you will know, because you received a letter or an email from me last week, following a lot of discussion and consultation and prayer, we've decided to make some changes to the 9.30 service from the beginning of next year. And those changes include communion being every other week rather than every week, and the musical worship being led by an acoustic-style band, so not loud, but playing a mixture of hymns and more modern Christian songs. Now, if you don't know about that yet, um, you are probably not on our church database. And uh, so if you don't know about that, please come and chat to me at the end. I've got some hard copies of the email I sent out, and I'd love to give that to you. But amongst us, amongst us, there will be all sorts of different reactions to those changes. As I wrote in the email, for some, you will be delighted, you'll be desiring the way forwards. But for others, you'll be disappointed perhaps even disgruntled. And probably that is going to be based on each one of our personal preferences regarding worship style and our personal preferences for change. And that is okay. We are all different. It is okay to have different views on worship style or politics or anything else that it might be. And I do understand that for some, this change may feel very difficult. But here is what Christian unity is. Christian unity is this. Despite differences in views on worship style or political outlook or whatever else it might be, despite those differences, there is a growing unity from a growing closeness to Jesus and to the truth about him revealed in Scripture. Imagine just for a moment a bike wheel. You're going to see a bike wheel come up on the screen. Imagine a bike wheel with a a, a rim Uh, spokes, and a central hub. Mere human unity. Human unity says this. It says, you and I and everybody, we all stand on the rim of that hub. Of that, sorry, the rim of that wheel. We all stand on the rim of the wheel, and so we all think differently on all sorts of different things. And in our diversity, we try and stretch out our hands as far as they can go round the rim and we try to be united. That is the human attempt for unity. But Christian unity says this. It says we keep our diversity, we keep our personal preferences for being a bit more right-wing or a bit more left-wing or preferring a bit more organ or a bit more guitar or whatever else it might be. But we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, Jesus in us. And we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us to help us to focus on Jesus and to draw us to Jesus, to draw us to the real Jesus, to draw us to the the, the truth about Jesus and how we live with him as our Lord outlined by those first disciples. And as you and I, as we are drawn to Jesus, down those spokes of the wheel, towards the central hub, Jesus... As we are drawn down those spokes of the wheel, so we keep our diversity in all sorts of ways where it is not more godly to have this view or that view. We keep our diversity, but we are more and more closely united as we head in towards the hub of the wheel, as you and I, as we are drawn to Jesus. So that is the what of Christian unity. So diversity of people, keeping diverse, and growing closer to Jesus and the truth of what it looks like to live for him.
So that's the what. And then secondly, the why. Why is this Christian unity so important? Well, Jesus tells us twice in his little prayer. First, verse 21, he says that the world may believe that you sent me. And then again, verse 23, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So he's saying there, Christian unity is not just for our benefit, for our happiness, but Jesus prays that Christian unity will lead other people to believe in him. And again, let's apply that to us today here at the 9.30. The reason that we are making these changes in the 9.30 service in the new year, it is not just about a capacity issue with children at the 11 a.m. service. It is that. We want some families who are currently at 11 to come across to the 9.30 service so that there is room for more people at the 11. So it is that, but it's not just that. More fundamentally, it is about the world out there. It is about people who don't yet know Jesus, about them coming to believe in Jesus for themselves. And so we need to be set up as a church with two main growing morning services at 9.30 and at 11, and with the ability for both of these services to be able to keep growing as people come through, through the doors of our church to meet with the real Jesus for themselves, through our services, through Alpha, through all the ways that we serve the community, like through robes and family Fridays and marriage preparation courses and restored life courses and toddler groups and much, much more. And through the daily witness of you and me living for Jesus. Those of you who were at our, um, the vision evening on the Monday evening that we had uh, a few uh, weeks ago um, when we discussed the potential changes, you may remember that I finished the evening by quoting from uh, Rosie Skinner, uh, who's going to be leading our intercessions this morning. Rosie's our, our lay reader, and most of you will know her. Uh, and I mentioned that evening how Rosie was ill that evening, so she couldn't come. But she'd said to me that her, her main thing for her was that the main thing about being part of a church is that even if people have differences, which we will, even if some things aren't exactly your own personal preference, that her top desire is to be part of a church that is looking to reach out in mission, part of a church that is looking to share Jesus with others. And that is what she loves above all at Holy Trinity Clapham. And it is that idea that we are seeing in Jesus' little prayer at the end of John chapter 17. Why should we unite together in Jesus? Why? So that the world may believe in Jesus. In fact, when we had our staff meeting um, last uh, Wednesday, when I was sharing with the staff team about the changes we were making to the Sunday services, I asked Rosie uh, just to give any final comments to us uh, as a staff team, as the one who had been part of the church the longest, almost 50 years, I think. And um, she said something so wise, and I just asked her just very briefly, she's going to bring the microphone, just to um, tell us in one minute what she said to the staff team uh, on uh, Wednesday. In my time at this church, there have been five rectors, so things have always changed here at Holy Trinity over the years. Some rectors took the church higher and with more liturgy, and so in the, some were in the middle and some were lower in churchmanship. But there has always been change here, and that change has always, for my sake, for the right reasons so that we can encourage more people to come to meet Jesus 
I have always embraced it so that I, we can go forward and keep growing God's kingdom because that's what I believe. And growing God's kingdom is what I think we're here for. So as I finish, I'm going to finish where I began. Um, I'm going to finish by saying I believe we can be hopeful. We can be very hopeful. Not because of any particular political result, but because as Christians, you and I can display a unity in marked contrast to the rest of the world. This Christmas, we celebrate a God who wanted to be united to us. We celebrate a God who wanted so much to be united to us that he reached out beyond the comfort of heaven and he became one of us. We celebrate a God who doesn't just want to be united with the world at the big scale, but he wants to be united with you and me on the individual scale as he comes to live in us by his spirit and help draw us to himself along the spokes of that wheel. And that spirit, that Holy Spirit who draws us closer to Jesus, that same spirit also draws us closer to each other. That's the case, isn't it? Because the circumference of the circle, it is smaller the closer we get to Jesus. As we are drawn closer to Jesus, so we are drawn closer to each other too. Overcoming supposed barriers, different people, different backgrounds, different preferences, even a Labour MP and a Boris Johnson special advisor. United. One in Christ. Why? So that the world may believe that God sent Jesus. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your desire and your love for us to be united to you and us to be united with one another. And we pray that despite all differences, all different preferences, all differences in all sorts of ways, that the world may look at us and see our unity in you and so believe in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.